Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. I love looking around seeing the paint, man. That is just cool. It is just really cool. This is a time where we're just remembering some some special special ladies and honoring uh, again uh, the memory of some. But just uh, I don't know. I just I'm just so thankful for uh, what God is doing and how even bad situations can bring and unite people together. And uh, we've seen things like that. And so uh, as a result of that, we're seeing uh, kind of, uh, I guess, a neat thing kind of happen. We're seeing people overcome some stuff. And, uh, and so literally are kicking off a new series today called Overcomer. And uh, did you get anything out of Legacy? Anybody get anything out of that series? I hope you did. Cool. And um, very, very awesome time what God did. There's going to be probably uh, some Legacy uh, extended edition things. You ever seen the DVDs have the extended edition? We'll be revisiting some things that God uh, showed me and put on my heart heavy as we hit on certain things during that series. We're going to revisit those, but uh, we are today kicking off a new series called Overcomer, and it's just going to be cool. And so uh, if this is your first time being with us today at Faith or New, we want to say welcome to you. Faith or New, let all of our first-time guests know you love them. <laughs> Glad that they're here. And... Um, we're going to do something a little bit different today during my time. I would kind of want to share just from the Word. I'm going to be bringing uh, some different uh, Scripture to you and words from uh, the Bible, and I'm going to just pray and believe it's going to be an encouragement to you. But also during this time, we've got a couple of testimonies uh, that we're going to be sharing today. The first one is Lori uh, Holman, and uh, as Lori Holman makes her way up here, put your hands together for Lori. Uh, I love her, love her family. Uh, she uh, is, is actually now my family, and we're, we're family together because of just how God works. And uh, so um, uh, she is uh, today going to share some things. She is, um, I'll move my junk out of your way here. She is uh, an overcomer. And uh, we're going to find out today that every person in this room is an overcomer. But today, with it being uh, Pink Sunday, I wanted her to share just kind of what God has done in her life, what he's doing in her life, what he's going to do. And so today, just listen and just kind of celebrate what God is doing in the life of Lori Holman. Ryan asked me if you were going to preach today after I wrote this. And I said, yeah, why? He said, hello, it's you. <laughs> I love to talk. Um. As you can see, I wear pink for myself. Um, On June 18th, 2013, I went for my regular mammogram. And two days later, I received a letter to come back because it was highly suspicious. And any of you ladies out there know that's a very scary thing to get that letter back. It was going to take, I called, and it was going to take several weeks to get me in. That's even scarier. But I prayed and I prayed. And God heard my prayers. I was able to be seen on June 24th, that Monday. And I had another mammogram. And I had an ultrasound. And I was told I needed a biopsy. And I even got to see that spot. That spot that looked like a little snap and pop that kids throw down on the ground, and it looked like it had little legs, like a spider, that evil that was in my body. I wanted that biopsy to be done that day. But it didn't work that way, or at least that's what I was told. 
And I told that ultrasound doctor that I was going to start praying. And you know what he did? He smiled at me. And he said, well, you go ahead and you pray. Kind of had a little smirk smile, actually. And I did. I prayed. Me and Brian and his mom rode down to McDonald's on Pelham Road because we were at the Breast Center, Paywood Breast Center. And within that hour, guess what? I got a phone call from the Paywood Breast Center. Miss Holman, where are you at? I'm down the street. Well, you're not going to believe this. This never happens. We've had a cancellation. We're going to do your biopsy today. Today. So I was brought back in for that biopsy. That never happens. They told me that never happened. I even went in there, and they told me, well, you know what? We have to have a fax from your doctor. A nurse walked around the corner and said, here's your fax. And that lady said, uh, well, Miss Holman, go right over there to your little waiting room because they'll be able to get you in just a minute. <laughs> so that nurse couldn't even believe it. But see, I knew that, see, when God, my God, when I pray, not only did he show up, he showed out. That's what my God did. But the next day, I found out that I had breast cancer. I got that call. I was by myself that morning. I was waiting on Brian's mom to get there to wait on the phone call with me. She had asked me how my night was. I told her I was hurting pretty bad from that punch box. See, they took four pieces off of that cancer to check it. I was very sore. But she said, Miss Holman, you have breast cancer. And I started to sob. I got myself together. And I said, I know every cancer has a name. What's the name of this cancer? She said, invasive ductal carcinoma. I said, can you tell me anything about this cancer? She said, well, yours is slow growing and it's low grade. That's good, Miss Holman. I don't know about you, but the word cancer means nothing good to me. I don't care if it is slow growing and low grade. Cancer's cancer. So then, looking back now, I know when God moved all those appointments around, he was telling me, Lori, you're not going to hear the news that you want to hear. But I hear you. I hear you. I hear your prayers. I know you worry. And I'm moving these around. I went through a lumpectomy. And when I was thinking lumpectomy, I thought it was going to be a little small, teeny place. But it wasn't. It was over a five-inch place on my breast. And another five-inch place under my arm for the lumpectomy. Because I had a lymph node, I mean a lymph node dissection. They took out three lymph nodes. But I was blessed that the lymph nodes and the margins around the cancer was cancer-free. I went through five days a week for seven weeks of radiation. And I'm going to tell you, radiation is not for wimps. It burns you from the inside out. I burned 
it busted open and I bled. I was sick. I cried. Sometimes Brian would just sit on the couch and hold me because I was so sick. But you know what? Through each thing I went through, I praised God through the storm. I shared my story of how he moved those appointments with anybody who would listen, whether it was somebody at the grocery store, whether it was somebody at the uh, register somewhere. It didn't matter wherever it was. I shared my story while I was going through it. Did I go through fears, tears, and anxiety? Yes, I did. But it was then that I didn't just fall on my knees. I fell on my face. That's what you have to do is fall on your face. I don't know why I had to go through my cancer. Was it for me? Was it for someone else to see me go through it? I grew really close to my doctors during all of this. I saw Dr. Gokoko, that was my medical oncologist, and Dr. Wilcox, my radiation oncologist. And Dr. Wilcox, my radiation oncologist, sent me a letter. And she said she wanted to thank me because they see so much that they become numb to all that they see. And she said, even though I needed them, she believed that God saw that they needed me. And I just cried. Maybe that was the reason God sent me on this journey in life. I hate that I got the cancer. And Brian even got mad at me saying this one time. But I don't regret that I got the cancer. The reason is I thought that I was humble. But I'm more humble. I thought that I had empathy for people. But I have a lot more empathy for people now. And I thought that I had a close walk with God. But I have a closer walk with God than I have ever had before in my life. For that, I can't say that I regret it. And I'm happy to say that on July 10th, 2014, was my one-year cancer-free. In, in closing, since it's Pink Sunday and Breast Cancer Awareness, I want to share a poem I'd put on a plaque with a bell for my cancer center on St. Andrew's Street um, because they didn't have a bell when I went and asked them. I said, where's your bell? They said, what bell? I said, you know, when you finish all your treatments and you get to ring that bell because the other cancer centers had one. And they said, we don't have a bell. And I said, let me tell you something. When I finish this treatment, you better have a doorbell, a cowbell, something for me to ring. They didn't have one. But I found a bell. It was beautiful. It was a bell anchor, and it was on an anchor I had found at Hobby Lobby. And so I had um, my aunt owns a trophy shop, and I had it put on a plaque, and I wrote a poem. And I've got, um, did they, they put the picture up there, I, I brought a picture of the day that was my last and I even put um, made me a shirt that said I'm an overcomer and that's Mark and Carlos that gave me the radiation treatments and I got to ring the first time and they said that people have been having their pictures made ringing that bell 
But I put an unexpected journey has connected all of us you see. It can break you or it can make you stronger than you ever imagined you could be. Together we will stand strong hand in hand until this horrible thing called cancer is completely conquered across this entire land. So on your last day of treatment, stand tall and stand proud and ring this bell really, really loud. I dedicate this bell on my last day of treatment to those who came before me and those who will follow after me. May God bless you and heal you. Lori G. Holman, November the 7th, 2013, breast cancer survivor. And please, all of you think about those people that sit in those waiting areas of those cancer centers every day. Pray for them. Because, you know, when I went in there for my treatments, I would forget that I was a patient because I would see those people worse off than me. And I would pray for them, and a lot of them wouldn't make it. Y'all remember those people in your prayers every day? They need them. Thank you. Wow. Whew. Wow, thank you. Wow. I did not know um, when this series was beginning and God put this in my heart months ago um, and how it play out date-wise and everything work out to kick this thing off today. But um, I didn't know the shirt that you had overcomer with the boxing gloves, man. I didn't know that. And Angels looked at me. She went... And I was like, wow, you know, isn't that cool what, what God does? And so, uh, again, confirmation today. What a powerful, powerful testimony. And that is, the, that is the, literally the greatest introduction I could think of to this series. Because I think so many times we think if we have to go through something, it's not God. And again, I didn't say God didn't make you, he didn't make you go through it. But I believe this, whatever you have to come up to, I believe God can take you through and, and I mean that with anything that comes your way, I believe God can carry you through it. So what a beautiful picture today of uh, what God can do. And in the midst of this situation, this is today, I believe, again, a great, great, beautiful lead into what we're getting ready to share today. And then we're going to hear another testimony in just a moment. But um, we're going to go to God's words first. So do this. Take your Bible and go to Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8 may be one of those chapters if I was placed on a deserted island and, and somebody said, you can take one chapter with you. It may be this one. It's, seriously, it may be this one. This is stinking awesome. This is an amazing, amazing chapter. Uh, I wanted to read all of it, but I'm not. Uh, I want you to, though, this week. Read all of it. Um, but I am going to pick up in verse uh, 31. And uh, we're going to talk today, again, kind of lay some foundation for where we're going to go over the next few weeks. And, and, uh, and yeah, I just believe God's going to do something incredible in you if you'll just open yourselves up to that today. So but verse 31, uh, it kicks off, and uh, this, is, this is Paul writing to, uh, again, the, the church. And uh, a, a lot of things, again, had led up prior to this, even uh, been made known the knowledge of suffering and going through situations and things that may have to uh, come our way and be faced with. And, uh, but some of the most, again, most powerful words in Scripture we're getting ready to see today. And in verse 31, we'll pick up, and uh, it says this. It says, What then shall we say to these things? 
if God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, that right there gets some devil. I mean, whoever, I mean, does not matter. Whoever is for you, uh, man, with God on your side, doesn't matter who comes against you. Verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. All how shall we uh, not be with him uh, also freely give us all things? Verse 33, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Good news, man, the gospel. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. Wow. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, cancer, rape, bankruptcy, addiction, put it in there. As it is written, for your sake, we are all killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, label it, insert whatever it may be, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, amen. Wow. No created thing can separate us from the love of the Creator. Remember that. No separated thing. Let's pray one time. God, we thank you, Lord, for, for overcomers. God, we thank you, overcomers that are in this room, God. And we thank you, Lord, that no matter what may come our way, no matter what this situation may bring, no matter what we're faced with, Lord, we've already heard powerful things today, God, and we're going to hear even more through this series, God, of the great things that we can come through because of you because of your great love for us, Lord. And we give you thanks. And Lord, we just believe today, God, we're victorious because of the cross and because of your love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Before we dig into this, I'm going to have one other person come around. Miyoshi, uh, if you would come around, we're going to have one more testimony today. And then we're going to dig into this word and take a few moments to study it together. And um, I want her to share some things that, uh, man, it's God has done in her. And it's just, uh, it is just so cool to see um, again, the success stories of God's grace in this place. So, uh, Ms. Miyoshi, if you would, just share today what's on your heart. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm shocked that I'm up here right now. Um, I'm going to start off with a few words. Anxiety. Depression. Worthlessness. Not being good enough. Loneliness. Anger. That was my life. From a very young age, that was my life. One of my favorite things ever to do was to dance. I loved it. I was great at it. Of course I loved it. I got a letter in the mail to come and try out for the Fine Arts Center. That's awesome. I was 10 years old, and I asked, I said, will you please send this in so I can try out? My mom said, don't you think you're too big to be dancing around? So, of course, I'm 10 years old, and I'm thinking, okay, she's a mama. She's got to be right. 
His parents are supposed to be right, right? They're always right. No, I know that now. They ain't always right. Um, but so I decided to take it into my own hands. I'm too big. I'll get small enough. Ten years old. I'm thinking, you know, not diet, not exercise. And honestly, I was not even big. I was like a size 10 at 10. Come on, y'all. Um, but so I decided that I was just not going to eat. I was just not going to eat. I went through this for a year, maybe. I don't even think she noticed because she was so disconnected. To this day, I think none of my family has any clue. So I finally decided, you know what? I quit. I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't want to do it anymore. Whatever. It's not worth it. Well, a couple of years later, same opportunity arose. You know what? I'm not good enough. She said I was too big. Probably really too big now. I'm just not good enough. I'm just not going to try. So after moving out into my great-grandma's house, life was even more stressful there. I thought it would get better. It did not. I was 12 or 13 years old. And it was like everything was against me. Every person was against me. If one person had a problem, they all had a problem. So you know what? I went back to what I knew. I just didn't eat. But this time, somebody caught on. So I cowered, and I just I quit, and I went back to being my normal self, or at least I tried to be. I started going to church. Church, right? Yeah, Jesus loves me this and Yeah, okay, fine. Now, looking back, I know that I went as an escape from the household, and I can tell you honestly, I knew that Jesus loved me. I'm saved. I was baptized. I know. I knew absolutely nothing. I learned absolutely nothing. I took absolutely nothing from it. And I was at every single event. I was on every trip, every summer camp. I was there every Sunday, morning, Sunday, night, and every Wednesday. Nothing. Well, my great-grandma died. The one person that stood up for me, the one person that understood me. So here comes the anxiety. And here comes the fear of being alone and nobody caring again. So I move into my dad's house. Bad idea. Bad idea. And it was like the extra weight of the world was on my shoulder. But somehow, I managed to get through it. I graduated at the top 25% of my class, which is huge for Greenville High School. At the time, anyway. Um, <laughs> seriously. Um, and I went to college. I got in on my own. The only help I had was on my FAFSA, and that was like pulling teeth. But then it was like the world shook. I don't know what happened, but the world shook. I couldn't do it. I got stressed out. I was sick. I was tired. So I was like, you know what? I'm going back to what I used to do. I'm just not going to eat. Well, of course, there's like thousands of students on campus, so they're going to notice. So I'm thinking, okay, they're going to catch on that? Okay, I'm going to eat. And they're going to see me eat, but they're just not going to see me get rid of it. They noticed. They noticed. But they're, I mean, obviously they pay attention. So I left. It broke my heart, and that just made it even worse. I left. I had an opportunity in my hands, and I dropped it. I worked so hard, and I dropped it. So here I am at home every day by myself, almost every single day of the week for almost the whole complete 24 hours. And I was depressed. I wanted nothing to do with the world. I didn't want anybody to have anything to do with me. 
I slept. I didn't eat. I barely even drunk. Barely even drunk. Fast forward a couple years later, I moved out on my own. Well, of course, that was even more stressful because, you know, really, because bills ain't stressful, right? Well, <laughs> so I moved out on my own, and I was laying there one day. I was suffering from night terrors and just the fear of being on my own. What if somebody breaks in the house? What if this happens? What if that happens? And finally, I had a friend text me and say, hey, you want to go to church with me? Shoot, yeah, girl, let's go. Let's go. And from then on, it was like, I was still afraid, I was still lonely, I was still anxious, I was still everything that I was before, but there was just a little bitty light that was there. Well, guess what? She stopped coming, and so did I. So, fast forward to two years ago, Pink Lemonade Social, I was invited to come and sit with someone else who was um, doing a kind of like a vendor table, I guess you would call it. And from then on, it's been history. But I learned just in the past two years, more than I learned in the five years that I was in church before that. Number one, I am loved. Number two, I have no reason to be anxious. Number three, fear does not have a place inside my body. Number four, it doesn't take just blood family or blood parents. Y'all, I don't even... To be honest, I don't even call my parents parents usually because parents raise children and they did not. But I have a building full of people who placed that special piece that was missing inside of me. I have never, never understood what love was. And it's the closer I get to God, the more I understand. Y'all, I... (laughs) Just in the past couple of weeks, at the moment when I was closest to God, some things were shown to me. And they are not great things. And back came those thoughts of fear and anxiety and of worry. And I'm not good enough for this. I've had, I can count them on probably... Everybody knows how many people said to me, the devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He will tell you anything he can to break you down. He did. But I tell you what, if it weren't for those people and those people that were praying for me and praying with me, honestly, I would not be standing up here right now. I would not. So I think every last one of y'all, I'm an overcomer. Wow. Come on, man. Nothing you come to, God can't carry you through. That's right. Amen. Wow. Wow. Awesome stuff. Um, tagging off of our last series onto this series, um, we've we, we seen God literally we saw him break so many chains during that time. And we've seen, I believe, generational curses and things that the enemy thought that he had somebody. <laughs> he thought he had them. And we've seen freedom come forth. And we've seen life change. And all these things take place. And uh, the enemy would love nothing more than to pull you back into where you came from. Right. 
He's, good. He's so good at somehow convincing us and putting in our mind the children of Israel have been in bondage for 400 years, and they got set free from that and came out of it, and it would seem like the moment they faced opposition, they wanted to go back to being slaves again when God had freedom in advance and, and laid out for them ahead. So there are so many things that you have to learn. So as we see this and as we begin to learn that we're overcomers and that if we keep going, we win. And uh, so I, I just pray today, man, this just gets in you. And so as we dig into today, just some things, uh, I just, Lord, is really just a few things that I just jotted down that I don't know what you call this one. There's two words together, don't go together. Um, I don't know what, there's a little thing. Yes, oxymoron, <laughs> that. Um, listen to this right here. I'm, I'm tired of hearing this together. Uh, depressed Christian. Defeated Christian, sick Christian, broke Christian, bound Christian. Uh, it don't even just sound right saying that with the word Christian. Now, again, pastor said, hold on now, what's going on? Yeah, we can get faced with situations and even be in the middle of a situation. But if, if the word Christ is connected to us and if we're in him, we're blessed, we're free, we're even in the middle of it. And Lori's testimony was beautiful because we got to see her literally during that time still praise God, still worship him, still live for him, still testify. Matter of fact, even more so, we're seeing that take place. So as we dig in and look at this thing, I want us to begin to see that the devil is a liar. I want to throw that in one more time for me, oh, she's sake. I mean, the devil is a liar. Never believe what the enemy tells you. And so, um, and, and we somehow get in this mindset, I, as I was just thinking about this, a great illustration is uh, we kind of get that Christian mindset so many times, and, and somebody will say to another believer, and, I, and they're saying it with love, and they're saying it with encouragement, and I know where it comes from, and I, I understand that you can get in those moments, but they'll say that just, if you're at the end of your rope, just tie a knot and hang on. I mean, you, you may have said that, even heard that, and thought that. And, and there might be moments where that may be, have to be the case. But you should never have to live there. Please hear it. You should never have to live there. When, when the children of Israel were coming through the desert, it was supposed to have been a short trip. They weren't supposed to hang out there and, and live in that place for as long as they did. It is something that we're supposed to go through. And I almost illustrated this. I almost moved the tiles, tied a rope to the rafters, and, and tied it on there and illustrated this. And I thought it could get ugly quick. And so I said, I better not. And so, I, I, but God, I believe, showed this. I'm not a big vision prophet type guy. I don't, I don't share that. I believe God gives that to people. But he literally showed me something. I believe in the spirit. It was just so cool. I think a lot of times we are living kind of just feel like in that hanging mode all the time at the end of the rope. And I believe spiritually God wants us to be more like Tarzan. I mean, the rope of life and the things that come through us, I believe he's wanting to just, I mean, just, I mean, go through it. I mean, I mean, just from one situation to the next, swinging through, grabbing the next thing that comes your way, grabbing on and just swinging through. That's, you see why it's going to get ugly when I pull back from this illustration, you know, from doing this. But I mean, that I believe is what God wants us to live. And as believers, as Christians, as overcomers, that's how we're supposed to live. Amen. That's how we're supposed to live. Now, again, the, he never told us that we wouldn't face situations. And I'm so thankful for even just the testimonies that, you know, I, I think, again, we see the victory so many times if we got what we asked for. 
And, and this, again, nothing wrong with that. With, with praying and believing in faith, this is a faith place. We ask God for stuff all the time. He just does it. And it just is incredible what he does. But I think we gauge our success of whether or not we got the answer in that moment we asked. And I think if we begin to see the bigger picture, Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. And, and he fought the good fight. He finished the course, and he kept the faith. The victory was not that he might have won something or lost something. The victory is whether or not you decide you're going to stay in faith. The, the, literally, that becomes a victory when it's all said and done. Regardless of what I was faced with, when I get before God, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, that I stayed in faith, that I trusted him regardless of what comes through. And as you look at scripture, and as we begin to see in this, that there again, so many things, read Romans 8, man, study that, look at that, open it up, just continue to stay there. But in this, he said that we're more than conquerors. And again, the title of our our series is Overcomer. And just by definition alone, the word overcome, listen, this is pretty cool. It says, to get the better of in a struggle or conflict, conquer or defeat. Now, again, it doesn't mean we won't have the struggle, the conflict. It didn't say that. But it says to get the better of, to prevail over, uh, to overpower or overwhelm. Now, that is who we are. We're overcomers through Christ. Uh, Romans 8.37, again, one of the foundational verses for this series. He says, yet in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, just I, I, I jotted down a few different uh, translations of this just because I thought it was awesome. Uh, Amplify said this, Yet amid all of these things, we're more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. New American Standard says, But in all of these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Uh, God's worst translation says this, The one who loves us gives us an overwhelming victory in all difficulties. Uh, the BBE, Bible Basic English, says that, but we are able to overcome all these things and more through his love. We're able to come, overcome all of these things and more. It's through his love. And so this word, more than conquerors, I love that I'm not a Greek scholar at all, uh, but I love Greek words that when, if you can begin ever, you just take some time and study some of the power behind some of what we read. Uh, we see our English language and we read those words sometimes and, and it never really fully even just says how powerful some of what is happening here. And uh, this is one of those situations where um, literally there had to be three of uh, our English words to literally just speak of how powerful this one word is here. So literally more than conquerors in in the scripture is the word hooper, and I'm going to probably butcher it because, again, I'm not a great scholar, but it's the word hooper nikeo. Hmm, I felt Jesus. Hooper Nikeo. And I mean, just this word is, and it's, it is powerful. It's more than Congress. Three words, but just one word in Greek. This thing is strong. Hooper Nikeo, it means this to vanquish beyond, to gain a decisive victory, abundant and super victory. Uh, and. It, it, it literally, the word that part of that is, is two words put together. Hooper and Ikeo. Hooper means above or, or above or beyond, and it means greater than. And so this Nikeo, it is where we get the word Nike from. And uh, some of y'all just thought somebody made that up, and it was that. But literally, the word Nike come from Greek, and it was uh, again they always try to take something, mess it up. But Greek mythology took the word Nikeo, made it Nike, and they took and it means victory. 
So when you see Jordan, you know, in, in, in the, in the, uh, on the shoes and, and doing this thing, uh, I mean, this, this word Nike, and they take the little swoosh, and they took it and represented like a wing from their Greek goddess, uh, again, who was showing, uh, again, this victorious thing. But listen to this. They in no way as great as some of the most awesome Nike commercials are. I mean, they're almost as great as beer commercials. I mean, you know, some say, I mean... <laughs> Who be honest? Beer commercials are the greatest. Who be honest? Y'all in church? Y'all, y'all right now? Kind of like, can I raise my hand? Is it okay? It's okay. Who thinks they're the greatest commercials? Seriously, let me know some of the greatest advertise. Some of y'all right now, y'all are, y'all are lying. You ain't got your hand up, but you really believe I'm okay. Okay, that's all right. I'm going to be honest. If I have to be honest by myself, man, me and three more. But, I mean, they do. They take this stuff, and, and it's amazing some of the, the things they think of and some of the creative forces. But, but literally, it, it is and in no way as great as they can do this through Nike and as great as they can show these commercials. And I almost, almost pulled a few and was going to show them today some of the things that it was just amazing as you sit there and watch them. They're inspirational, and they get you motivated, and you get excited, and you're just sitting there watching this. Pales in comparison. Pales in comparison to the Word of God and what it can do for us if we ever grab hold of it and place it inside our heart. And we understand this, that we're more than conquerors. And he said this, in all these things, yet in all of these things, the victory is not when you come through. You can be victorious right in the middle of it. When you see this, that it's not bound by circumstance. My victory is not bound and based on whether or not, again, I'm seeing what I want to see. My victory is based in Christ and what he's done for me and what he provided for me on the cross. And so he said this, in every situation, in all things, I'm more than a conqueror. It means that just when it's all said and done, I ain't going to just make it through it. I mean, uh, I mean all the way through to the other side, more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so again, I'm going to throw three things at you very quickly. And then uh, we're going to open up our altars. We're going to pray for a little bit and just see what God wants to do this morning. But it's kind of neat. If you look at scripture, there are three things in this passage that I I just really want to bring to light. So I encourage you to write these down. The first one is this, that God is for you. If you're going to be an overcomer, if you're really going to come through your situation, you have to look at your situation and see that he's on your side. Verse 31 says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, say that with me. Read that. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Listen, there's nothing, nothing that comes your way. Listen, this greater, listen, the greater one lives inside of you. The same spirit raised Christ from dead lives inside of you. And so there's nothing that can come up against you. And, and this is why you have to learn to walk in faith. This is why you have to begin to grab hold. That's why the word of God gets interest into our hearts when we open up. Because it builds our faith to a level when we get faced with a situation, we don't see it with natural eyes. I mean, we don't see it the way everybody else may see it. They maybe look at somebody who's going through something or going through a bad situation and say, how are they still praising? Because they understand something. They're victorious and they're a conqueror through Christ. Because, listen, there is nothing, again, that can come your way because God is for you. Well, wait a minute. What if this comes up against me? What if it does? God's still for you. Nothing will change that. Nothing will change the fact that he loves you and that he's there for you. God is for you. I, had, I mean, this is one of those things I had to work through later in life. But I had such a messed up view of my God. 
And, then, and it was, I mean, it partially began because some of the things that I learned in church even, again, by good godly people who loved Jesus, but who didn't really understand some things themselves. But I lived a life for so long thinking that God was against me. I did. I, I really believe that, I mean, instead of seeing this God as this loving father who's sitting up there being for me and on my side, asking and believing for the great things of God to happen and manifest in my life, I saw him up there as this judge who was just waiting on me. I mean, it was like he had nothing else to do but to watch and wait and see when I was going to mess up. You know what's going to happen? I was going to mess up. It's just going to happen. But I felt for so long that he was against me. And it makes no sense because, you know what happened? I, I didn't really read the Bible enough for myself. You can't read God's word and come out of it in the end. If you sit by yourself and read, nobody said a word to you. You can't read that book and when it's all said and done, not believe that God's not on your side. He is for you. He is on your side. He today, right now, is in your corner. He is for you. And if he's for you, it doesn't matter who's against me. There's been situations, even in ministry, again, but I believe godly loving people who get in situations sometimes, and things come against you as a minister. So people say, how do you do that? How do you get through it? God's for me. That's it. You know what's going to carry you through your situation is knowing that God is for you. So you understand this. You start seeing things differently. No matter what's going on, he's on my side. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what's come against me, God is for me. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God's for you, man. Unless it's a woman, then you say woman. God is, he's for you. He's for you. I mean, just get that. I mean, seriously, just close your eyes for a minute. This has to get in us. Get this in your heart for just a moment. Just put your hand on your heart and say, man, God's for me. He's for me. For so long, again, I thought he was against me. Listen, God's for me. He is for me. You know, right now, some people are wondering why he hasn't already come back. You know why? Because he's patient. He's loving but he's not slack concerning his promises. He will come again. But the reason he hasn't yet is because he's patient and he's for us. And right now he's waiting some, for some people to get on board and be a part of his family and come in and step into the royal priesthood we talked about last week. So listen, God is for you. Number one, don't ever forget that, man. He's on my side regardless of what comes against me. Number two thing is we got to know this when it comes to being overcomers, that God never condemns you. Come on, God never condemns you. He never condemns you. I can't find a scripture where he will condemn us. Now, will he convict us? Yes. He's a good God. He's a loving father. We talked about him being a parent. We talked about legacy when we understood that he chases those he loves. The Holy Spirit will convict us when there are situations. If you're in a relationship with him, I promise you, it's how it works. If you're in a relationship with him, when you begin to go this direction, you should be going that one. He'll convict you. Spirit of God will pull you back and he'll let you know. But he will never do this. He will never condemn you. Verse 34 says this. It says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Come on, man. The first verse in this chapter 8, he says this. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So listen, never let the enemy get you into a place. If there's condemnation going on in your life, there's things that happen. It's not God. It's not God. It, he, he does not work that way. He is not condemning you. And I love this. Not only does it say he's right now, not only is he not condemning you, he's praying for you. 
He's praying for you. He's right now at the right hand of the Father today making intercession for you. There, there are two, if you, if you study, you know, kind of um, study the Bible and, and theology and different things, there, there are two different viewpoints that have come out when it comes to this verse. One is this. One is that they believe that Jesus is just being Jesus. Being Jesus is pretty awesome. I mean, just being Jesus, and he's at the right hand. And just because he's there, that is intercession. I mean, that, and I don't think, again, some, if that ends up being the case, I'm going to be okay with it, man. He's on, at least he's at the right hand in my behalf. But the other view is this, and this is what I, I take on. This is what I believe. I believe he's doing this. I believe he's making intercession. I believe he's praying for us right now. I believe he's speaking on our behalf right now. How can he do that? Because he's Jesus. Because he's God. Listen, man, we said this earlier. He looks out across time. Nobody's above him. Nobody's beside him. And he does not have to have a board beaten to bless you. So this Jesus right now is speaking on your behalf. That right now should get you fired up. That should get you to a place that no matter what's coming towards you, you just know right now, God's for me. He's not condemning me. And he's at the right hand of the Father right now on my behalf speaking for me. Come on, that's good news. And so listen, we have to see it. So again, this is this God who is for us. Number two, he never condemns us. And number three, God will always love you. God will always love you. I thought that was Whitney Houston, didn't you? <laughs> and uh, All right, better not do that. <clears throat> I have to come up here and sing that. Uh, uh, <clears throat> God will always love you. Always love you. Now, don't mistake, again, him not going to do his part in the end, be God. I, I think that's where a lot of times it's, it's, it's very easy to think, well, because he loves us, because he doesn't condemn, in the end, he's not going to be God. No, he's going to be God. But he's not living right now against you. He's not constantly right now. There will be a time where you will be judged. And it's why we have to accept him, trust him, accept his grace and believe. But right now, and even when it's all said and done in the end, this God is madly in love with you. Verse 38 says this. He says, that for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Man, hear it. I had to read that again. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Man, listen today. Listen, he is madly in love with you as the worship team comes around. Listen, I want you today to please hear and please grab hold of this, man. Right now, just one more time, just close your eyes. Holy Spirit, let's let this word get in our hearts today. Holy Spirit, let this word just get in our hearts today. Let us see today that you're for us. God, let us see today. Let us grab hold of today that you're for us. Lord, that you don't condemn us today. Lord, that you always love us. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible tells us this, that he demonstrated his love. That's what love does. Love demonstrates itself. And he loved us so much that he demonstrated his love towards us. While we were yet sinners, while we're in the the most messed up place we can be, even if we enter into that, listen, he demonstrated his love for us by giving his life. That's what Jesus does. While we were yet sinners, listen, he gave his life for you.
Scripture says that he so loved you. He sent his son. He's so in love with you right now. Holy Spirit, just today, let that get in us right now. That you're madly in love with us. That you're desperately seeking us. You're, the, some of the situations, the things that we've faced are to bring us closer. Lord, thank you for Lord's testimony. Thank you for Melchie's testimony, Lord. God, that it's in those situations, the times and things that we go through, God, we can experience you greater measure. 